Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Vavida, joined again by Roth Gornett and <laughs> Chris Carl. Hello everybody, this is our this is our last podcast of the year. Of 2013, yeah. we're wrapping it's, it up here. It's an occasion. It is, because we're going to talk a little bit about the year in, in review. And, and, we are. Uh, well, just talk about some of our, our favorite movies of this past oh, year. That's Things exciting. Like, yes, nobody <laughs> ever does that at the end of the year in a movies thing. Talk I about know. what, yeah. Do you like my that level was of surprise? That yeah. was, he's going back to Boston, so he's he's getting ready to be a snarky my, East Coaster. My my a hole uh, qualities are coming out of me. That I sounds love your, awful. I love later, at some don't point. Don't let your a hole come out. We don't <laughs> keep your a hole together. But at I'm some point, trying. we're gonna relay all of the snarky comments that Jim Jim's sister makes to him that I love. Oh my God, she's fantastic <laughs> at that stuff. It really keeps me in check. <laughs> um, uh, but we have uh, we actually had a uh, couple of big news items and gossip items kind of drop in the last uh, day or two. And then there was a big one that dropped last week right <laughs> after we filmed our podcast, uh, recorded our podcast. But before we get to that, let's talk about how The Hobbit did at last week in the box office. Talk about how I dominated the predictions in did last week's box now, did, you, did you see the movie yet? I haven't. And Roth hasn't seen it either, so I we can't even talk about the well, damn Hobbit. Well, I saw Inside Lewin Davis this weekend. Lewin? Lewin. Lewin Davis. Uh, the Coen Brothers, folk yes. singer movie. Yes. Uh, well, The Hobbit opened uh, first place with $73.6 million. Now, that's several million less than what the, the first Hobbit uh, opened with. But, you know, it did well overseas as well. And, and, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. But it's definitely, you know, it's not Avengers-level money. It's a long movie and all that, yada, yada. But there was definitely, I feel like, a decreased appetite for this film. The thing with Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is that you're you're um, utilizing production budget, you know, like that's shared across those movies. Yeah. So you don't have to make quite as much and international is definitely making these a success i mean I oh don't, yeah i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna be disappointed with their receipts really yeah. um but uh but yeah I'm, I'm actually excited for it i i i liked the first one better than the average bear and uh i think i'm because this the got, only one that liked the first one. This one's got like freaking dragon power. It's got Cumberbatch power <laughs> and dragon power. It it's does. It brings the batch. Yeah. It actually <laughs> surprises me. His his fan base is profound. They and are. powerful. They are. They're awesome. I mean, there's entire, like, there's Tumblr pages. Hiddleston's. Uh, there's the Hiddleston Tom. There's the Tom and there, what's, what's the joint page called? The joint. Uh, I don't it's like Batch Tom Love. <laughs> people that love them both. The Hiddlebatch. The Hiddlebatches. I feel like that. You know, people that forget they thing. were in a movie together. They were in War Horse together. Mm-hmm. War Horse. They were. They <laughs> were. <laughs> Chris has a story about War Horse and. Well, no, wait. Wasn't that oh, a viral no. comedy video or something? Ask Men, our sister brother site, did this video that was like amazing. It was like a, a trail. It was like the guy who was doing the trailer doing the read and he kept on going war whores <laughs> yeah he sounded like he was saying whores and, and it's so like amazing it, it it shouldn't be funny for as long as it is but every time he says war horse <laughs> he says war horse and like i every time i hear war horse now i have to say that <laughs> i actually really wanted to see the stage play i think you've seen it right jim i saw it it was brilliant i i, I loved it not rubbish brilliant <laughs> it was uh i i liked it a lot more than the movie in the the puppetry in there is just astounding. I mean, it really, you feel like you're looking at a real horse. 
you know. It's, it's made I out of. I was going to make a joke. Wait, I, were I, you going to make a puppetry of the penis joke? Where, no, that I crossed my mind, but I wasn't. I was going to. I was going to. Uh, I was going to make a Sarah Jessica Parker reference. Oh. See, that's why I didn't do it. Awful. But I did. I, see, Jim Bills. I know. Oh, you know okay. what though? Terrible. I, I, if you guys didn't note from that, Jim is actually quite the theater goer. He's very educated. I, I like to go to the theater. I know. I think we should do a theater. Well, you know what's interesting no. is that no. so okay. many hit movies are becoming stage plays. They're That's turning true. so many things into musicals now. And like vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like a two-way street now. It used to be just a one-way street. That's true. Um, one last note on last weekend's pod, uh, podcast, uh, last weekend's box office, Tyler Perry's A Midday at Christmas opened far less than expectations with $16 million. Um Sounds right about... The number that I was throwing out there. Is the uh, is the Medea train uh, finally about to be parked? For First good? of all, those movies cost nothing to make, so a theatrical release of that movie that makes sixteen million dollars is not bad. Or uh, sixteen million, did I say? Sixteen, yeah. Yeah, sixteen million dollars. That's not bad. What Plus did I predict? Two hundred. <laughs> you said seventy-nine <laughs> or something. <laughs> like what <laughs> the? <laughs> but I think. Um, but I, I think I think actually like. Two things. It's not Christmas yet, so there's yeah. going to be probably a crowd of people going to that on Christmas, and then beyond that, like those things do well on video as well. Mm-hmm. They, it's, it's not. May, maybe the audience the for that theatrical. movie is getting older, and they're and you know movies are expensive. Maybe they they're waiting for video. Maybe it'll become. May, I, I wonder if they would ever do like a, um, a direct-to-video series, like you know. If that's happened with like American Pie and other things. I mean, I don't know. We don't talk about this that much, but d- December, early December. Well, I mean, we're kind of in the part where it doesn't matter right now. Early December is traditionally like a really terrible time to mm-hmm. go for a movie box office, but um, I guess we're getting to the part of the month where I it mean, doesn't matter. I mean, think much. about like uh, the first weekend in December. The only release was the only major release was Out of the Furnace. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it opened at less than ten million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the yeah. thing is, though, I mean, the other day, I think I told you this. I'm so used to and very fortunate to be able to go to screenings and climb on Jim's back to any screening he's going to. You're Jim's like screening monkey list. I, <laughs> I am a screening monkey. But like I, I was about to say I make you grind the organ, but that sounds that awful. Sounds <laughs> I was just thinking like the monkey like Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, that's not that that's not good. Maybe we should go back to the yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Let's go back <laughs> yeah. To that. yeah. But I I'm gonna need a few weeks off, I think, after this. <laughs> and a few scotches. <laughs> um I went to see a movie the other day, and for me and and my friend, it was thir- it was really expensive, and it reminded me like to to keep that in mind when we're writing these reviews, because it is a big question. Like, yeah, should, is it worth your is money? Is it worth your money? Because it it's like, man, that hurt. Here's the like, thing. I think I, I think it matters to people who are like not you know super hardcore movie fans. Mm-hmm. I think hardcore movie fans will go to stuff just because they want to, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I used to be that way. When I had m- more time, I would just go to every movie. Yeah. Or not every movie, but w- I wouldn't go to Medea's Christmas. and I, I would go do to that like in high school just because I just didn't want to go to class, but uh, <laughs> I, s- I still graduated with honors. I was yeah. I was one of those kids that Brag. was, like, too... Well, th- my sc- school Humble just wasn't... Brag. It just, yeah, a little bit. It was one of those things where <laughs> I wasn't... I learned more. I would skip school and go to the library because uh-huh. I wasn't really that. It wasn't cutting it. School. I know, okay, yeah. let me tell you this: as somebody that too. used to skip school a little bit too, uh, you were doing it wrong. 
if you were going to Lion <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also went to the comic store and to the movies. But, but I did go to right. the li- but I did go to the library a lot. No. Illicit drugs. Yeah. Just I you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> but um <laughs> all right, so we we've uh we've covered that. We um, have covered nothing. This is Yeah. But let's talk history. about let's talk about the big news that Hot broke mess. the next day after we had done our podcast, which is always Sony announcing uh, this is a Wednesday that we're recording this, so guaranteed by Friday there'll be some huge news and yeah. We won't have podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I'm flying out of town, so this is why we're doing it now. Anywho, Sony announces Spider-Man spinoffs for Venom and the Sinister Six. Okay, two things. Two different. A, who called it? Oh, Roth chick. has her humble brag story. And now. then B, you're <laughs> welcome because I don't even know. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Are we welcome? Sony I'd did. like to see this movie first and see if it there is something to be thankful for. I'm not going to tell the full story right now, but I will tell you that a person <laughs> that is highly involved in this project pulled me <laughs> aside me. at a, t- at a <laughs> after I interviewed him to like grill me about why I thought a Venom movie would be a good idea last summer. And since then, I've been like, oh, it's happening. It is on like Donkey Kong. He was way too intent and serious to like find out why I thought it was possible, meaning like if he's asking some random journalist that just well, interviewed well, him, he's asking our everyone. listeners then why, why you think um, a Venom movie should happen. Why? Like, or yeah, like basically give, uh, give them, give them the pitch that you gave uh, somebody who's Name might rhyme uh, with Alex Kurtzman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I said it Malik might. Kurtzman? <laughs> wow. It's, yes, it's Malik Sturksman. You know, I mean, uh, it's funny because that was the week. Do you guys remember the Adi, the Adi Schenker, uh Truth in Journalism, Ryan Quantine starring? It was actually yeah, yeah, yeah. the Venom the short, short film. Yeah. The little short film that came out. Um, I think directed Joe Lynch directed that, right? And so, like, that's when that. Now, this is going to be a very different tone that Sony is releasing, right? But it came out, and it was so cool, and it was basically the movie Man Bites Dog, but with Venom. (laughs) And (laughs) you can't go that dark for the wide release, and this is basically what I said. I was like, the conundrum is you can't go that dark. But if you're looking at right now in our world, it is the quote-unquote age of the anti-hero. I mean, certainly television has conquered that. She's been on about this anti-hero stuff for about eight months now. I've been on about it. Are we... Brilliant. Boston via Britain. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I've been on about it forever. <laughs> oh, my God. But I do feel like if television's been able to to sort of conquer that, why shouldn't the... I mean, even if you look at... at $200 million worth, that's what I'm not thought. arguing with but you. It I- is a big problem. But if they did problem. Venom, like, I guess Venom comes down to... Is it going to be Venom Eddie are you Brock? Do? Is yeah, is it going to be like the secret agent guy? And Personally, I Flash has been <laughs> introduced so they could use him, but I think they're going to do Eddie Brock. I hope they yeah. do Eddie Brock. I mean, that was kind of what I was saying. Like, to I don't me, think you can have a, a protagonist named Flash unless you're doing Flash Gordon. God uh, willing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think then if you do the Flash, then you're kind of doing, I mean, not the Flash, sorry. See, that's why it's confusing. If you mm-hmm. do Flash, it's a, it's more of a cheat because that's, you're really just doing another hero. I'm like, just look, I know it's a big risk, but yeah. if you can make this work, it's kind of an amazing feat and it's something new and it's something interesting. So in that means genre. he would have to go up against somebody even worse than he is where, I mean, isn't it kind of like in horror movies where, you know, later in the horror series where, like, sometimes the bad guy becomes a good guy. Like, yeah. like v- Dracula will 
eventually defend somebody or you know what i mean or 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 i don't know if it's are there any other horror movies where the I mean, guy who Freddy had been versus Jason, but I don't know. I mean, Jason, I guess, is the good guy in that movie. Yeah. As he is in life. Yeah. Or like Alien I'm, versus Predator, where Jason the Predator now becomes like sort of the anti-hero, but I guess. But you know what? The Predator has a code of ethics in general. He does. In general, the Predator has a code of ethics. So And the aliens are just voracious killing yeah. machines. Yeah, it's true. Now, but okay, so Venom, we can see it an opportunity for this movie to work on that anti-hero level. But what about Sinister Six, where now you're going to have a whole uh, team of villains? Uh, Goldman and I did this... Uh, video conversation about it. I'll embed it in the story. And basically, the approach that he was saying they, that's possible maybe they can poach from is like the Thunderbolts where, yeah, you know, say. the <coughs> bad guys who are passing themselves off as good guys or, or bad guys who have a change of heart or whatever. I mean... I think they're going to need to do something that is more clever than that even. I think... Yeah. It, it's it's interesting because Sinister Six is like very fertile, and it's very fertile, and it's gonna happen. This these movies, by the way, are gonna happen after three, so you're gonna. I'm thinking you're gonna get some of these characters introduced. Well, do you think three. Electro is gonna be the anchor maybe for yeah. this yeah. series? Like but Jamie Fox would be the. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, to. No, no. That no. was that sounded more insistent than it was. You're like, to. damn you! No, I was just talk to me. No, no, no. <laughs> I weren't they when they announced for. That the idea then was that for very mel- way for words very <laughs> well maybe a um sounds a out of my mouth <laughs> sounds I thought like even when they announced it when they announced for I thought right then the the idea was that was going to be a villain centric movie okay so here's one thing I'm kind of unclear about so is this going to be the Amazing Spider-Man colon Venom or is it just going to be Venom that's what I think they're going to do I think they're going to do the Amazing Spider-Man colon because they're going to count on the franchise mm. just itself because if you think about what he said. Um, you know, he was saying, like, I'm not going to come back. I may not come back. But what we've done is built the world. I mean, and I think he's sort of, like, doing... You, he, you mean Garfield? Or yeah, Mark I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Garfield, when he said that he may not come back for four, he stressed that they had already created this world and that it could sort of <coughs> exist on its own after that. And who knows what's going to happen. Well, Goldman also had a good uh, suggestion in the video of, like, you know, you can have Spider-Man but you don't necessarily have to CG. have Andrew yeah. Garfield. He can be kind of like what they've been doing with Iron Man in the movies where it's basically a CG character and Downey does a voiceover. Well, you could do that with Garfield or get a sound alike. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to see Peter Parker. You just have to have Spidey pop up. You know? I think if you do Eddie Brock, I think if you do that character and you do Venom, what I like about it a lot is that it's super ballsy. Like To me, even more than Guardians, this would be the biggest superhero movie risk to date to actually take a movie and center it on a villain you, you know what's interesting well. it reminds me of you scorpion king well? in that okay. in that regard where he t- they take the villain from uh mummy 2 right mummy returns yeah mm-hmm. and then make him a hero and give him his own series yeah. isn't yeah. that kind of like what basically the same idea of what they're doing with I, venom i didn't say i don't think they will i no. i said I don't think they will not. I don't think it'll do well. I thought, I thought you said Spider. Go <laughs> I don't, get me a drink. I don't think they're going to do <laughs> it. I think they're going to make him a hero of sorts, mm-hmm. similar to what they're doing in Sp- Scorpion. And think about this. Every villain in, well, at least in the Spider-Man movies, I feel like every villain is understandable. They're not necessarily pure evil. They have right. motivation that is different. You know, like um, the lizard 
not really that evil, actually, in the first movie. Yeah, he was like... He's so tragic. He's like Man-Bat. So, yeah. I mean, and it, you can argue that Spider-Man's kind of this, similar in yeah. many, many ways. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of things are going to flow around Oscorp, and Oscorp's mm-hmm. going to be like the reason for everything existing well, We've already it seen in the trailer, too, with the setup for Vulture's wings and Doc Ock's arms. And, and Venom everything. on the, you know, yeah. on the little readout. There's a Venom thing. I so. mean, so Oscorp could be the villain... In a in a Venom movie, yeah. what, what if it's a guy whose whole life has been ruined because of Oscorp? And he's trying and to like. What if he's revenge? like the born? Yeah, I actually, I mean know? that could actually be really. Wouldn't that cool. be cool? I actually yeah. think the Goblin is going to be a, a recurring villain in all these movies, and a, a, as a symbol of Oscorp. Huh. Interesting, interesting. I don't know. I think it's kind of this is the most excited I've been about this franchise because. I, the first film, and we've talked. I think we talked about this last week. Was the reboot, the not the Raimi one. Yeah, not the Raimi one. The okay. re- the Amazing Spider-Man really felt like a like. Okay, there's not a lot that's new here. You promised mm. me new stuff. I really liked it though. I thought I it was really it well executed. T- it, it was well executed, but I just felt like I give me something new. Yeah, you not know? enough time had passed for them to revisit that particular end of the well. But this movie looks like it's paying off yeah. on what they said the first movie was going to do, which was the untold story yeah. stuff. You definitely yeah. get more of a... And I understand, look, they had the burden of reintroducing it. But I still think there was a way you could have reintroduced it and not necessarily have to go back to see him get his powers and all that. Yeah. You know, I always feel like movies that come back like this could do the origin in a really quick way like you know me you know you, you've read the papers you know and yeah you i do think they're gonna montage. do that with uh affleck's batman you know you have to you have to at some point say okay i think the world knows what spider-man's about you know yeah. we can just make movies about it hey him. peter remember that time you got bit by a spider <laughs> oh that was god insane. <laughs> crazy yeah. new stuff yeah let's I just, go get a coffee <laughs> i don't know i like i like the ballsiness i mean look they're kind of backed into a corner right because they just don't have the rights to <laughs> to that much you know but i think i, I appreciate the ballsy move to do this and, and see it, how many times you can say ballsy in this podcast. i'm gonna say it 27 <laughs> more times at a minimum it's a ballsy move well let's can you say ballsy you know speaking of super villains uh little uh little fat rumor from variety Drop down today, right Not before we podcast uh batman versus superman variety claiming that warner brothers is looking at, wants Joaquin Phoenix to play the main villain, who they stress is more than likely Lex Luthor, but it's not a given, and that Jason Momoa and this guy, uh, Kellen Mulvey, I think, uh, God, I didn't write down his name, would be secondary villains. Uh, I don't know if those two are up for the same role or if they're two... um, secondary villains that they're each up for, you well, know? Well, you'd think that Momoa is going to be some kind of muscle, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think he's Doomsday either uh, Doomsday, like but uh, some of our readers keep saying that he'd be great for Vandal Savage. And once I start reading up in Vandal Savage, I could see why. He does look like the character, and it's a character that would allow him to show a bit more personality than just being basically a... a, 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 a visual, a sight gag, you know? Yeah, except... <clears throat> I mean, at this point in Jason Momoa's career, yeah. you know, I love him, by the way, Cal Jerogo. He's your sun and stars. He is my sun and stars. stars I'm his moon and stars. He's my <laughs> sun and Drogo. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it's getting a little it's getting a little crowded in this movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're going to no. have Doomsday and Lex Luthor now, too. I mean, like, not only are you going to be introducing multiple 
superheroes, but you're going to be potentially introducing. And we, we knew, like, be a couple of villains, but why? I Here's mean, what I think. I don't think, I don't think we're going to see. We're not going to see Wonder Woman in her outfit. We're not going to see several We're just going to see Diana Prince. Yeah. Well, and you a just lost my money, end. friend. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot of these people introduced for something else. Mm. But, well, I could be wrong. What if Diana Prince uh, is introduced as some sort of, like, government agent or something? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I hope it, not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, there. I wonder if there's a way. Like, could they even bring back... Amanda Waller in the person of Angela Bassett, you know, hmm. which I know, look, nobody likes Green Lantern, but, you know, Amanda Waller is a big part of DC on TV and has been for a while. She's a big part of the comics. I think it you have would to be break. kind of interesting, you know. I think you have to break from Green Lantern, yeah. you know, completely yeah. take that world and, and say, hey, we're going to reform Green Lantern because that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and they, they haven't claimed that they're trying to keep any of that, and I don't yeah. think they will. Um, I I mean I love the idea of this casting uh, uh, if it if there is if this is valid you know the, yeah. of, of Walking Phoenix as Lex Luthor I think that could be really interesting definitely this will be a completely batshit Lex Luthor <laughs> because there is no character Sans Space Camp and what's the other one that we found that he's um, not bat Parenthood sh- Parenthood that he's not batshit and insane in at least a little bit um, it'd be interesting that yeah I I think he'd be an interesting Lex Luthor, but to me, Lex Luthor needs to be, you, you have to believe him as a guy who would rise to the top of the business world and could become president. You need somebody who's going to be um, a bit friendlier looking because mm-hmm. that's part of the deception. Yeah. Um, and that's why we were, we were just Luthor. spitballing earlier, and I'm like, McConaughey. Mm. You, you, you got to see him in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, He's fantastic in that movie, but he's just in like, it for a minute. But it is amazing. He could like I could see him like being a kind of a charming guy, but vicious. And and Luther's whole thing too is that he looks at himself as the epitome of what a human being can become. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, I think would actually uh, be yeah, kind of honestly, interesting. If for you, it, if, yeah, honestly, if you if you took like a little bit a flavor of his character in Magnolia. That's what I meant. You know what I mean? And you yeah. brought, oh, that'd be awesome. I, that'd I be think really that would fun. actually be really interesting, yeah. You just got my money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not making this movie, so. Uh, one <laughs> last you? Batman versus Superman note. Chris Terrio, the Oscar-winning screenwriter of Argo, has come aboard to rewrite the script, uh, considering he's in tight with Warners and Affleck. Something tells me Batman's part's getting a little beefed up, maybe. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I don't, also, I mean, you know, um, maybe he's there to kind of give it, uh, a bit more of a a personality or a Mm. flair or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was kind of wondering about, or grounded even, you know, find a way to, 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 to bring it a little, uh, but that was their whole thing with the first one that it was meant to be very grounded and. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, thought the first one was pretty good. It grounded. was, yeah. It, considering that half of it was set in space. No, it was. Yeah. I agree. It was. Um, let's talk about a different comic book movie, shall we? Uh, the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's long in development, big screen <laughs> version of Neil Gaiman's landmark comic, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Now, this had been r- rumored before, but now it looks like it's actually going to happen. Uh, Looks like he's going to probably direct it and star in it. And David Goyer producing. 
um, based it's on a pitch of how to adapt and it. Penning. Penning. Penning it. Um, do, you, do you guys read? Do you guys read Sandman? No. I. It's so cool. It's so cool. But it's interesting because it's very difficult. To, I mean, it, it does not fit the tone at all of any of the comic book movies that we're talking about. Um, it's okay very either. difficult to but translate. He is the dream slash Morpheus. The main character is. I've, oh, God, he's so cool. <laughs> but but do, like, can you see Gordon Levitt in it's that It's funny. Role? Originally, or I was a little... Yeah. You know, it's interesting because the only thing that we've seen him direct is Don John, right? So yeah, it's like which was fun, which but it's completely different. Yeah, can of worms. So it's a little hard to tell because yeah, that movie was fun and it was a great first outing, but this is a big world to take on. Um, you think Gaiman's out there like? Um. No, apparently, <laughs> apparently he's involved. Apparently he's like on board with it. So that's that's I feel good about that. Um, as far as if he could play it. I, I think originally I was a little taken aback, and then I thought he's shown such tremendous range, especially over the last couple of years, even in Don John, even mm. in you know in Looper certainly. I you know who I think could have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> could have been interesting. God rest him, uh, Heath Ledger. Mm. Yeah, he would have been amazing in that role. Yeah. You want somebody though that it's almost like if you could go back in time and have. Um, I'm sure I'm going to hear different comments about this but if you could go back in time and have like david bowie do it that's mm. ballsy like yeah. that hey we got another ballsy but you're just saying that but it's he I'm would be amazing hey did i ever tell you guys don't that take my, ballsy away from me did i ever I tell you guys about my pitch for a, an animated movie called ballsy this is like i get these wonderful <laughs> ideas for bad movies I'm and it's all about you, it's Chris. all about a champion uh dog like a westminster dog like a <laughs> Tough dog, you know. I can picture some and, of him, and and he gets um, uh, <laughs> the the arrival owner deliberately mixes up his papers when he goes to the vets so that he gets neutered so he can no longer he's no longer quote unquote perfect <laughs> to be in a way. And yes, and he just goes off the rails, <laughs> off the rails like his everything his identity is destroyed. He can't. He just can't. Function anymore because he's no longer a man, and his championship <laughs> days are over. This yeah, hold on. But then he meets uh, behind, you know, uh, you know, uh, behind every great love story. There's, there's a, uh, there's, Bitch. you know, a, a woman, <laughs> and and she basically shows him, you know, that he doesn't need his sack to be a man. But well, he and does. And the name of the movie is called. And it's called Ballsy. Yeah, but he really. I'm gonna counter. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not going to have a litter together but she loves him regardless because he's still a champion in her eyes no. so it's like Rocky she if he was a dog like a and had his balls <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy hey you <laughs> so that's my picture of the animated movie Ballsy Done. an R rated animated you movie you are my favorite Person <laughs> <in this moment. laughs> favorite movie picture ever. I want Jim to put together some of these pitch ideas. I was asking <laughs> you to do it the other day and make a post, and you refused. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Uh, one last little comic book note. Uh, it sounds like Don Cheadle is going to be back as Rhodey for the Avengers 2. Now, he wasn't in the first one, but uh, 
I don't. It, I don't know if War Machine or Iron Patriot, whoever he is, whoever he is this year, is going to be in the actual lineup or if he's a cameo. But what do you think about uh, War Machine being uh, now in the Avengers lineup? I feel like uh, Iron Man's going to be de- maybe not even appearing. Just no. Tony Stark be just because Tony he Stark. hung Tony up Stark. his guns, kind of. Yeah, yeah. he blew him up. He did. Uh, he blowed actually, it up. I'll take that back because if he well, is truly the cause. Well, did he drive off with one of them at least? No. No. Uh, he, I think he destroyed. No, just did, his it little was robot Operation guy Clean Slate. If yeah. he is truly the cause for Ultron, you will redemptively need him to yeah, put on the suit. Will. He'll show up at the very end. At the very end, but I bet he doesn't wear the suit for much of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's trying to. I think they're trying to figure out a way to gracefully get out of that exuant with flourish. Well, you know, the thing is, is like in the comics, there have definitely been different people wearing the Iron Man Mm -hmm. armor, but it all comes back to Tony always. And so like they've never like sort of passed the baton. What do you think? Could this be a setup? Let's say he he creates Ultron. Ultron does something destructive, kills somebody he knows or loves. Just, you know, he he basically lets the the genie out of the bottle. Could this be the setup to a demon in the bottle storyline? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I I honestly don't think we're going to see too It'll much more Iron Man. I don't think so either because I think that if anything they're going to keep pulling pulling him away more and more. And I don't mm. think that you can have Pepper be Yeah, you're right. in peril you're anymore. Right, you're right, you're I think right. that's The whole movie done. was her yeah. in peril pretty much. Yeah. She should just be on like on the phone the entire movie on hold at like trying to get something trying done. Trying to like like purchase on, well, like win at eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Terminator Genesis. Amelia Clark cast as Sa- Sarah yes. Connor. Yes. Great choice, right? Mother of Dragons and John Carter. John Carter. John Carter. John, John, John Connor. Mars. Mother of Dragons and John Connor. Breaker of Chains. Cracker of Skulls. I'm totally. It's just on interesting board with because this. now we've had two Game of Thrones people play Sarah Connor. Yes. Lena Headey played her on she TV. She did in a show that, as I've said, everyone should check out. Sarah mm. And Linda Hamilton plays the Hound, so. So there you go. It's all full <laughs> freaking. <laughs> and I caught flack for my Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker and lane that joke. Was, that was and in 20 years, uh, Arya will play her. Um, hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's cool. I mean, we've talked. We talked about this last week. You guys were not as into the Terminator franchise seemingly as I, I just, am. I don't know. I just I. What are they gonna? It's right now. The fact that they're going that young, and that Arnold is gonna be back. I don't know if he's gonna play the robot back. or not. I mean the the the, the cyborg or not. He's gonna but play the template for the cyborg. I think. Yeah. I just like. Is it basically then a remake or uh, of of the original film? If you're gonna go that young, because they're looking at you know Garrett Hedlund for for Reese or Nicholas Holt, <coughs> and now we've already got um, so Jason different. Clark as as John Connor. Those two choices, I just want to note for the record, are well, such totally different directions. But they're for also they're also like it. It's um, they're much younger than John Connor, so you know, he's going to be the oldest male character outside of Arnold. Yeah. So clearly, there's a lot of like, are we going to be jumping back and forth? Well, I told or? you what I think is going to happen. They said they when they. It gave the synopsis for the television series that's supposed to tie in. It says that they're going to change a key event that happens in the original series, a key event, and I think Reese does not die. I think that's the event that they're changing. John Connor has a different father. No, I think it's could r- Arnold be the daddy. 
No, because he is a cyborg. Mother of dragons. He does not I have am man. I'm going to stress again, because this seems to be a theme, this podcast, that Baldy. a man needs balls. <laughs> Are you saying that cyborgs don't say. have balls? That is that a ballsy <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Please do do a, a, a count of the number of times we've said ballsy <laughs> so far. And, and let us know in the comments because, frankly, I've lost track myself. Um, let's let's talk about, uh, have you guys seen the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes trailer? Yes. yes. Pretty and cool, right? Mm. Yes. Now they it was it's Sad. they sh- they it was pretty much along the lines of what they showed at, at San Diego Comic Con. Um, it, it it does seem like they're capturing again the tone of the first movie, but it it kind of reminded me like, you know, we don't get a really good look at Gary Ullman's character, but we certainly hear him speechifying. But he kind of struck me as like the governor in Walking Dead. So okay, l- let me understand where, where this movie, how this movie ties in with the other movie. How do you have it's a sense? Ten of it? years later. It's ten eight, years later. Eight to ten years later. What's, what's Franco? Uh, we don't he's think not Franco's in there. Not in it. So we don't know if he's maybe alive he's or dead. dead. Some yeah. One of the guys here was watching it this morning. They're like, "Oh, they recast Franco," and I'm like, "No, no, no, no I, mean, no, no. I don't think he's different, around. Different he's characters. not in this. Um, All new human characters. Basically, what happens is, um, and again, like it's still just set in San Francisco. It's post-apocalyptic, and the surviving humans, kind of like in Walking Dead, have been battling amongst each uh, amongst themselves for for. Uh, um, four years. For, he basically yeah. is like four years. We fought the virus, yeah. and then for four years we fought each other. Now let's fight the apes. Basically, that's kind of like the and speech that he, and take back our yeah. civilization. And then he, Jason Clark, goes to see Caesar. Is it not? Yeah, Jason, I would imagine like, maybe he's trying to forge an alliance with Caesar. Yeah. Take yeah. out Gary Oldman. See, they're like all set up camp in Mere Woods and the Redwood yeah. Forest, where actually that's yeah. Endor for people who Thank yeah. You. yeah, movie historians. That's yeah. Endor. That's and where they I shot love it. that they. Apes have a uh, war paint <laughs> because a- anybody who's you know why would apes need war paint to feel badass? They uh they speak English and walk upright, so <laughs> yeah. uh, they're not really the apes, you know. Well, I matter. mean, like the first <laughs> yeah. the first film, it's weird because I have such an emotional re. I don't make fun of me. I have such <laughs> an emotional reaction to this to this particular iteration of the series because like it's beautiful. It was, I thought yeah. I thought it was beautiful and yeah. it was painful because. W- the way that those animals are treated are, are the ways that we treat our animals half the time. And then I have to say, it was pretty ballsy of them to pr- portray it as such, too. I Very know. ballsy. And it's <laughs> we did that on purpose. And then, you know, of course, Caesar has the giant ape balls <laughs> to come over and take over. I think James Franco's character couldn't be in it, though, too, because that's his dad. Like, he'd have to have some inner conflict if he was really dealing with his. The I man think that, him. I mean, we might not know whether or not. Um, Franco and Frida Pinto's characters are, are alive or not. Um, but I felt like their arcs were complete by the yeah. end of the first yeah. movie. Um, basically, he was rejecting his whatever human uh, element that he had, um, Caesar, uh, rejecting that in favor of his uh, his ape nature. And now it's it seems kind of like the logical progression of, you know, not just the series we knew that it would have to get to that point at some time, but but for him as a character, like, okay, now you're now you're the big ape in charge. Um, it it seems like there's probably going to be a lot of people, everyone jockeying for power in mm-hmm. this one. There's probably even amongst the apes. I would imagine. Yeah, I have to say uh, one thing about the effects. So ballsy. It is actually they're very very confident in their f- oh, in yeah. their effects this time, and I feel like they're really good. Like, 
you don't start off on a on a, on a shot of an animal's eyes yeah. and then slowly, slowly pull out because normally eyes don't hold up. That's yeah. the hardest thing to mm. get right. And I felt like those are some of the best CG eyes I've ever seen. Yeah. I felt like I was looking at an actual ape. Um, and I don't, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait. You yeah. reckon? I mean, it's weird because you really recognize because I have this they have total life in their eyes, affection is, you know. for Caesar. I feel like you really yeah. recognize that Abe immediately as Caesar. Like, there's oh, no yeah. question. Yeah. Other than you know it's him, but I'm saying as that character. There is some, and also like the way his eyes kind of changed by the end of the first movie. Yeah. They weren't mean and they weren't cold for most of the the movie because he was a happy little monkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, by the end of the movie, he's got that kind of scowl. Hardened. Yeah. Yeah, after what happened to him. He, I mean, man, I, I know we've t- we've probably talked about this a lot, too, but they've got to start creating a category or something for performance capture. Like, yeah. there has yeah. to be some. There has to. It, it will. It will happen. And maybe this will help bring about this in, in Smog. A, um, speaking of performance capture, it wasn't even really looking for a segue, but a- Avatar sequels, Avatar 2 through 4, they've m- made a big deal with New Zealand to film this next trilogy down there. And uh, they're going to be doing... Uh, uh, his walnut farm. <laughs> he has a walnut farm in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. He's oh, living there know. with his kids. They've gone vegan. He's doing sustainability projects and having the locals over for dinner. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Wow, I was yeah. in New Zealand once, uh, and it was—it's brilliant. It's a uh, brilliant. it's a beautiful, brilliant. it's a beautiful brilliant. place. It's like a cross between Ireland and Hawaii. Yeah, it's I like if want Hawaii to was go ballsy. to there. <laughs> <laughs> if Hawaii had balls, it would be New Zealand. <laughs> Just kidding, um, Hawaii. But you know what? You know what was ballsy to say, Cameron, uh, Cameron, 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 saying that the Avatar oh, sequels are like the Godfather. No, for real, that was ballsy. But that's a legit, that was ballsy. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's I one person that, uh, one filmmaker that qualifies as ballsy, though. It is James well, Cameron. He's able to say, he can he's do able to say he things that most people can't because he's got the number one and three movie of all time. Yeah. I, it's Wait, number, I, oh, three, no, you're you're right, number you're one and two. And two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I cannot, I'm really interested to see eventually when these have finally come out what the audience response is because it's like every time we think because it doesn't seem like it makes sense like nobody's going to go to see a few more avatar films and they're not going to have the response the way they did to the first one because the first one was so much about that technology and building that world and things like that it became like a a a cultural phenomenon whether people like the movie or not it 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 just and it was kind of a slow burn. It didn't open to huge numbers. It opened to open what, less the, than what the Hobbit opened made. less than the Hobbit. And man. then people oh. people kept saying, "But here's the thing: every time you count that man out, every time you think, okay, good mm-hmm. good one, Cameron, this isn't going to work, is it?" He he gets the number. Like same thing with Titanic came out. I think it was against Waterworld, and everybody was like, "Ha ha ha! Here's this big bomb, Titanic, and Waterworld's going to dominate." And it was uh, like the only project of his that was like underwhelming was BAPS, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was the original working title for The Abyss, wasn't it? No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I would love it if James Cameron just went off and did some freaking <laughs> White Chicks reap- movie. It would be ballsy. White Chicks. Um, <laughs> uh, God. Oh, uh, let's talk about the Interstellar trailer. What did you guys think of that? Very educational. History lesson, snooze. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I liked it. I, I, I liked it, but it. I it, wanted more. Uh, it doesn't really. I can't say it necessarily whetted my appetite for the movie, 
Uh, I mean, I'm already on board with it anyways because of who's making it in the cast, but I thought it was a little, a little dry. But I will say that that trailer has more of the spirit of Star Trek than either of the two Abrams <laughs> movies. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. It whet my appetite for the first real trailer. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I, I, I left going, oh, that was a good History Channel moment. What's the movie about, though? Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely about space exploration. Well, right? obviously, Yearning it's about that, like space exploration and those things. I mean, look, I'm just saying, I I didn't hate the trailer. I will am interested in the movie, but if if that was the trailer for a movie that did not have these people attached to it, if well, you did not know, like nothing. if Christopher Nolan hadn't made anything else, and you saw yeah, that exactly. trailer, yeah, you'd, exactly, you'd be you'd going. Be like, eh. Eh. But we don't have to live in that world because we <laughs> live in the world that we know yeah. it's him and we're excited i look i'm excited to see the movie and i get that the idea is that we forgot to keep striving and now here's a story of how we strove we're striving even more to somewhere even crazier well i mean interstellar as a word just means between stars right mm-hmm. and so that's got to have some significance well it's look got, at, it's look, check out uh, the balls on oh, Einstein. i didn't even know it was, I didn't yeah, know it was about, it's wormholes. about wormholes yeah. and, and yeah. interdimensional stuff um, I mean, it's going to be great, but I want to see some of it, the real movie. Yeah, and I just, I, I, d- I didn't like the tag, like, one year from now. Oh, just give me a date. Come like, on. Just, just give say me November a wormhole. 2014. Just show me a little give bit of your wormhole. wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> We're the worst people on the planet. The worst. Really horrible. Um, I'm so sorry. Let's, uh, let, let's talk, uh, talking about uh, <laughs> uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking okay. of the worst, wait a minute. We are not the worst people on the planet. Thank okay, you, Jim. Okay, so Segway. plagiarizing everything comics for his short film. He he sent me a direct message on Twitter saying, "Hey, check out my short film." I'm like, "Oh, okay. That's that's sure." And then I'm Brag. watching it, and he's basically no. He did it to a number of uh, blogger types, and and basically, um, the short film is. Basically mocking people like us, what we do for a living, which is fine. <laughs> which we deserve, that's, that's by fine. the way, more than. But he <laughs> ripped it off word for word from a comic book, and then his apologies, his subsequent admission and apologies, are all ripping off other people from Bukowski well, this, to, to Tiger Woods. Well, no, no, no. This is even what's worse, is that the initial apology, I think, was... Yeah, it was ripping someone off. And then the next day, they found out that not only had he ripped off the that comic for his short film but he's also written good comics that were writ- ripping off other people's novels and like, like word for and word, word like and poems outright busted plagiarism yeah there. it was like ripping off like bukowski i think and a, a bunch of other people and word for word phrases were ripped off and so then he s- tweeted two additional um apologies that were word for word apologies given by Tiger Woods and who was the second one? It uh, was about a, was Vietnam. It? Yeah, it was a, it was um oh God, I, <laughs> I know this guy. I, he was the uh, sick secretary, secretary of defense McNamara. Thank you, Robert it was McNamara. McNamara. And so I started to go, I think like Jim and I secretary were debating defense, it. Think, Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, so McNamara so Jim and I words Jim and I were having a debate because I was like, I feel like he's really losing it here. Like this is a meltdown. No, it's no. performance art. Okay. No, it, you know what it so? is? He's flipping everybody off. Yeah. He he has a sense of entitlement, it seems, about, like, he's made his whole livelihood using other people's words, first as an actor, and now, like, I think he's just like, F you, I'll do what I want. I'm sorry that, you know, you're, you're all butthurt over me not paying you for it. And so I think it just seems like a passive-aggressive thing to do, which is to to post an apology 
that's a copy and paste from a well-known apology. I, from but I, I kind of love that approach. Actually. I almost thought like, okay, so these I are the, you guys. I, I'm serious here. I need to know in comments what you think because these are the three different interpretations. Christopher Carl says that this is a dramatic, like elaborate piece of performance art that's verging on genius. I'll just put. I'm not saying that <laughs> it's his. I'm still <laughs> here, or I'm not here, or whatever that was. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his version I'm of. There. I'm, still I'm still there. there this yeah. is his big elaborate. I'm still there. Um, Jim says that he's just a D-bag actor who thinks he can do whatever he wants. And I say this is like some weird version of plagiaristic kleptomania where he cannot stop. I have like I, al- I also stop. have this I also have this theory that Paris Hilton orchestrated her entire rise to fame. <laughs> Just like all, there's the no sex pr- tape thing. The sex tape. All, well, all the, no, no, that's the, not a theory. That's a fact. All the pieces that led to that yeah. were just a complex media manipulation to become Paris one Hilton. of the most well-known people on the planet. And at the she time. was really you wealthy. Said manipulation too. of pieces. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, was ballsy of me. I felt like it was a ballsy move on her part. <laughs> she used to get paid two hundred thousand dollars to appear at a club. Oh I know. yeah, no, I that's, know. that's what I'm saying. Like. It, a I'm lot not of, saying a lot of the actors in LA do like uh, what's a junior from Breaking Bad? He's he's opening up clubs and stuff All right, now. Let me say this about that sex tape, okay? There is <laughs> lighting, there are multiple angles, there's editing involved. That was not like, oh my god, just at the last minute. Like there was a crew there. They had union rates, okay? There were meal penalties involved. People. You could see Jose reflected <laughs> okay. in the like, hallway mirror. That that was not uh, that was not spontaneity. No, nor was and 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 it's funny. Um, she was supplanted by Kim Kardashian. Oh who my God! Essentially, did the same thing. Yeah. Worse. Worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We can't discuss the merits of those tapes here, but uh, Indiana Jones Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying what? to salvage what's left of this podcast. I don't know. Indiana Jones Five is still a few years away, according to Disney Brass. They now have Indiana Jones uh, back in the fold over there. Uh, what do you think? Uh, reboot it with the new actor. What are some of the approaches? Because at that point, let's say it's five years away, Harrison Ford's going to be 76 years old or 77. Yeah, he can't do it anymore. Dr. I think Jones. as of right now, he can't do it. Maybe you know. Shia could step in again. Mutt Williams. That would be a ballsy move on their part to bring Shia back. Oh, man. I don't think it's going to happen. You know what I'd like to see? A CG animated Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, you know what I'd like to see is for them to go the young Indiana Jones route yeah. again, but do it in movies yeah. and do it yeah. like one actor in movies. So it'd be like Harry Potter. Second. Yeah, I think he yeah. does. I mean, I really feel like he does want to hand it off. You know, like I, I think, I think that's his his desire. I feel like he. I mean, this is me speculating. I feel like he really does care a lot about this character. Oh yeah, and yeah, and that franchise, and I think he does want to see it um, cleaned up. After the last one, and and given a possibility to go on, to go on without him, but it's just who is going to carry that mantle? That's the big yeah, near, far, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you guys think of like who who could be who if they were going to go with you know a forty something Indiana Jones you like know he was who? who Jackman? No, Josh Holloway. No, uh-huh. interesting. Right. You know who I'm gonna say? It's the most obvious choice on the planet Earth. No, we don't. Know Uncharted. Nathan. Nathan Fillion. Uh, really? Uh, okay. Well, fine. He's fine. Been I mean, sitting I, in the donut shop. He's no. He's, 
Damn, Jim. <laughs> okay, nice so guy, fine, but come fine, on. not Nathan Fillion. So who I like, I like that. The I like the Josh Holloway idea, except for he doesn't have the professor aspect. I don't think. I think he has yeah. the adventurer tone to him, but he doesn't. I don't buy him as that. That Harrison Ford barely had the professor aspect. He was <laughs> barely there. I don't think so that's not true. I don't know. He, he seems. He never really bought that he wanted to be there. He didn't want to be there, but he could. He has the intellectual capacity to be there. You'd need almost like a, uh, I don't know, a, a kind of a, a young, younger Kurt Russell, Dennis Quaid. Okay, type. I went to Kurt Russell. By the way, for the record, yeah, for everything, always there is no yeah. Kurt Russell of today. If there was a Kurt Russell of today, he would be my husband. <laughs> what so. about Aaron Eckhart <laughs> for Indiana uh, Jones? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I think he's. I I love Aaron Eckhart for yeah. what he does, but I feel like he's missing something for Indiana. Yeah, Jones. I mean, it's it's th- it's this a is tough the it's a tough thing to cast because it is the perfect person already playing yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and the thing he was, it's kind of like Jackman getting a uh, Wolverine, where it wasn't supposed to be him. It yeah. was Eric Stoltz originally. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Once again, poor Eric Stoltz. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny. Like it, it's Harrison Ford has a quality that. That is also like Kurt Russell, but very different. But that is very hard. It, we don't see it today. You know, yeah. I mean, I think the closest thing that I saw to a modern action hero that was like Harrison Ford was Bourne, Jason Bourne, kind of, just in the sense that he was the everyman that had to like rise to the occasion. It wasn't easy for him. That was one of the things that Harrison brought to those. Yeah. Her- like I know. Um, <laughs> Harry and I. Harry and I <laughs> talked about it. One of the things that he brought to the roles that it just it didn't seem like it was easy for him. That's what Bruce Willis had too in the beginning of Die yeah. Hard. And I think yeah. that's why pe- so many people kind of cry foul about later Die Hards is they're like, why, why is he able to do all this stuff? You know, yeah, like, yeah. he was barely maintaining in the first two movies. Um, let's see, Star Wars Episode Seven. still no script in place for it yet, and they start I'm working filming. on it, okay, guys? <laughs> I'm a little Get busy, holidays. Trying to um, Greedo and the kids, I'm trying to work them in. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, last news item, and then we're going to talk about uh, sort of the year in review kind of stuff, or just some of our favorite movies this year. G.I. Joe 3, uh, they're hinting at the possibility Channing Tatum being resurrected as Duke. Let's talk about something interesting related to Channing Tatum, which <laughs> yeah. is that Wait a minute, McConaughey as Indiana Jones. We did maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. Although he, he did that with Sahara, he, he, yeah. he does have a he does have a quality about him, a rakishness. He does. He's yeah, huh? <laughs> McConaughey. He's still all, he's like also the uh, like sort of at the tipping point of being too old yeah, for that that's role what I was taking yeah. on now if you want to franchise older. him. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Can maybe come on. Chris Evans? Something. No. 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 I you know, like it, Roth said it, there's not people like that with that quality anymore. I think you um you'd probably yeah. end up looking at like British, Australian, Irish, Scottish actors. Those kind of guys have just that that manner to them that a lot of the younger Somebody American actors just sort of, well, frankly, they just, they're, they're a little too pretty, a little too polished. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, you don't want an indie that is a pretty boy. Yeah. You know, like you want somebody that looks a bit rugged and like a real human man. Yeah. Man. A man. That's afraid of snakes, which is understandable, frankly. Um, Because <laughs> they're scary. They are scary. <laughs> they can kill you. All right. So uh, let's talk about 2013. 
I thought it was actually a really good year for movies, especially in the, the last quarter. We've gotten a lot of fantastic dramas. But, you know, earlier this year we had, you know, we had Iron Man 3, we had Man of Steel, we had The Wolverine. Um, you know, and there were obviously some stinkers along the way too, but, you know, we've, we've had some good uh, um, comedies and, and animated films. Um, Chris, what, what were some of your favorite movies of this past year? Or were there any things about this past year in movies that you thought they could have done better, differently? I don't know. Just In terms of, like, pure entertainment, I actually was really, really entertained by Man of Steel. I know a lot of people were like, meh, lukewarm on that movie. But, like, I went to it. I, like, I, I was actually shocked when I came out of it and heard people saying things that were, like, <laughs> against it at all. I was like, what? You guys yeah. are crazy. Um and I just felt like I wasn't even in the same movie with them. I thought that was amazing. Um, Sequel-wise, I thought uh, Despicable Me 2 was actually really good, um, which is shocking to me. I didn't even expect to be talking about that. You <laughs> know, like, it was really, I thought it was really sort of heartwarming and fun and all the things that you want an animated movie to be. Um, Adam, I d- you gave another animated movie. And Frozen movie and was I awesome. You know, I mean, in terms Have of, Have you like, seen Catching movies, Fire yet? No, I haven't. So, like, there, there are a lot of movies that are missing out of my you, sort of repertoire. You've got a lot year. of movies to catch I, up on over the over break. Over the break, man. I'm going to be watching Waking a lot up. of stuff. A lot of stuff. What, what about you, Roth? Well, uh, any, uh, any of the – what are some of your standouts this year? Would you, did you find yourself uh, enjoying more popcorn-type films or the more, you know, uh, film rather than movie I love them all. Love them all. Just the way you love your women. (laughs) (laughs) Ballsy. Um, I, you know, I, it's weird because I think two of my favorites I saw on Monday in a double, the awesomest double feature ever, double features return. I saw Wolf of Wall Street followed by Her. I really want to see that. I I suspect that's going to be my favorite movie of the year. It is. It really really may very well be mine. Like both of those, though, they're both. I mean, those I think are. I also really love Twelve Years a Slave. Um, I loved Gravity, as you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are probably the four that I'm battling with right now as my favorites this year. Oh, I got to give a shout out to Spring Breakers. Yes, (laughs) look at that's actually getting uh, some some uh, uh, critical uh, awards too. Like Franco. Franco is alien. Amazing. You know, this year for me, and, and there have been a lot of great movies, but this year for me has been so dominated by television because of mm. like Breaking Bad and yeah. Game of Thrones and stuff like that that it's been it's it's almost harder for me to like be as excited about movies because of that. Yeah, um, yeah. But there have been some great I mean there have been those are all kind of like probably gonna be Oscar race films that I just say. but I think right. you guys honestly seriously they're highly entertaining as well like her yeah. and Wolf of Wall her Street her is hilarious her is hilarious so is Wolf of Wall Street I was you know I can't recommend these films enough those really American like, Hustle's fun it, American uh, Hustle's quite fun it's, it's uh you know uh, I'd have to say that the um uh I've I've not seen an Oscar race that's so kind of wide open yeah in, in so many years and I, I whatever film ends up winning best picture I think I'm going to be okay with it yeah. because there's so many good ones like I, I've I've been thinking about like what I would my what, personal I know top 10 be I don't think I could break it down at 10 I know what piss you you wouldn't like it if American Hustle won over the other one. I could I live named. with it though I, w- I understand why it would win because it's uh, the actor's block is so huge and, and all that I mean I could live with American Hustle winning I think it would just be one of those movies that 
would win Best Picture, but it's not really going to be remembered. Yeah. Whereas, like, Wolf of Wall Street, I thought was just fantastic. Was. You can check out my review on the site. Um, it's, it's it's probably my favorite Scorsese movie since Goodfellas. It's it is it's definitely mine. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, that's my favorite Scorsese movie since Goodfellas. It's definitely and I my love the favorite. It's definitely my favorite Scorsese, uh, Leo P- team up. Yeah, I think I mean, it's their best one. Yeah, but Departed wasn't even as good as Infernal Affairs. So yeah. like, yeah, Departed like was definitely like his sort of like. Remember when he I did agree. Color of Money, and it was sort of like, yeah. yeah, it's a good movie and all that, but it wins awards because it was somebody's time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you know if it hadn't won, if he hadn't won for Departed, he definitely probably would have won for Hugo, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed, but I wasn't like not about I'd, Hugo. I'd, I'd yeah. like to see this start to get a little heat, and I think that it will. Um, it's just it can't. It's coming out so, so late. late. What do you like, guys think of Leo for that? He He's was fantastic, so great. but it's he, a good, great year for best actor. There's but, so but many good ones. Yeah, right? I mean that's going to be tough too because you got. I mean, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, you got him for Dallas Buyers Club. Um, you got, and he's great in Wolf of Wall Street in his uh, that one couple of scenes. Moment. Yeah, I mean, he, this is a, across and he's the great board in, in every single field. It's tight this year. Best mm. picture, best actor, best actress. Like, I can't think of anything that's really a lot. Just the just the original Animated. song. Okay, animated as well. Lot, I don't probably. know because Frozen versus Miyazaki, they might want to they might want to give it to him because it's his final one. But I don't know. Do will the Academy is he even really on the radar? I don't know. I think Frozen will win. I, I think Frozen will sure probably will. win. But yeah. I think I think original I think song Miyazaki's let it go on is everybody's is, radar. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. O- yeah. Original song is a lock. Yeah. I'd say yeah. I feel like that's the only one. Those ones are it though. I, I, I'm not else. even. I'm not even sure like what's a lock for like visual effects because some of the ones I thought would be competing have been ruled out. Like Man of Steel, I thought looked good, you know. But that's out. That's not even. It can't even be considered. It's been. It's off the short list. Yeah. I mean. It, I just think that this is probably the most interesting and exciting Oscar race yeah. that I've seen in a number of years. I mean, I and I'm with you. Like I'm, yeah. I love them all. Those are probably my favorites. Like um, I'm actually looking forward to watching that telecast because I really I don't mean, know what's going to win. In terms of visual effects, to me, I think if gravity, if gravity doesn't get it, that's insane. That's literally. But you insane. know what? That's happened <laughs> like, before, where there's other movies that look like, oh, of course it'll get the special effects, and it doesn't. Yeah. I love categories like costumes, where you're like looking at all these awesome, elaborate costumes, and then somebody with like a bunch of burgundy robes shows up, and <laughs> yeah. they win yeah. it, and you're like, what? Oh, nice but tweed it's suit, weird asshole. With stuff like <laughs> oh, costumes, you're all you never know. <laughs> you never know what that category can end up. And I'm not saying it is this, but I'm like something like that can be like 40s of Ronan costumes. You know, you never know yeah. what that's really gonna go for but in terms of like they created technology to create this like the lone ranger could conceivably get oscar nominations and really good movies would maybe just get one or two like lone ranger on a technical level could end up getting it could but i'm saying i'm saying like like the people voting in that field have to know what grab you can't it's not as obvious on the screen because it's like oh they're you know whatever it looks like space but yeah, like, like gravity like looked like hey. a lock a few months ago and now it doesn't seem like it's a lock oh. anymore. well you gotta think that i mean a lock for like best picture and best director i think yeah. it's still got a, a very very good chance but 
I don't think it's I don't think it's in the bag anymore. If you had asked me two months ago, I would say, Oh yeah, gravity's gonna walk away it's with gonna it. Go, no, it's gonna go it's gonna go win now, all those tech categories that are gonna be hosted by Aubrey Plaza or yeah. <laughs> you know, whoever all of the like, technical yeah. categories. Yeah. But I mean I, I think that, that it really is still one of my favorite <laughs> films Elizabeth Banks in total tells you all of about, the year. You know? Like I if uh, those three films or those four films I think are the ones that I'm like Man, I could go to any one of those and I would be good. Her, mm. Gravity, Wolf of Wall Street, um, or 12 Years a Slave. And there's, yeah, could they be more different? I mean, yeah, I mean even like, you know, uh, Saving Mr. Banks is a lot I of like fun. That. Yeah. Um, uh, Captain Phillips, I yeah. really enjoyed. Uh, um, and then earlier this year, I don't think these some of these movies would be remembered, but like, I really liked Mud. I loved Mud. I, I thought that was a really. Wonderful little film, and then and you know, um, it's kind of like Jasmine, Kate Blanchett. You, you've heard me say it a million times. You guys, she might be a lock for best actress. She better but, be. But again, like there are some late in the game people. Like a lot of people love Sandra Bullock, and I think Emma Thompson's got a fighting chance with Saving Mr. Banks. I think she does because that's a more populist film. But man, you guys, if you haven't seen, if you want to see great acting, check out Kate Blanchett in, in Blue Jasmine. If you want to see a movie about how horrible divorce can be, watch Blue Jasmine. Well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> grim. It's not It's not cheerful. And McConaughey is awesome in Mud, too. I mean, yeah, this he has is. Been, this has been the Mud's, last... Mud's awesome. It's like uh, Huckleberry Finn meets uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. Yeah, it is. Have yeah. you guys seen... Um, uh, or let's let's talk a little bit about things that nobody has probably seen. Okay. Like, what's your movie... What's the movie that you feel like you alone have seen this year that you would recommend to anybody? Um, I liked... Uh, um, was it How We Live Now? How I Live Now is Saoirse Ronan. Hmm. And it was uh, basically set in the... Um, uh, um, post-apocalyptic Britain mm. and it was I, I really liked that one uh, that just kind of came and went both overseas and here um, mud I mean I feel yeah. like mud is something that people in LA and New York have seen I don't know if middle America has necessarily seen it I know it did okay for an indie film but uh, that's a that's kind of like a little movie that could you know what movie I wanted to see I have a screening for it I still haven't seen it what was the one about uh, the kids playing war uh, in, the oh, woods. in the woods, yeah. The, the we, uh, I know what you're talking about. We declare, uh, I declare war, or something like that. Or, uh, and then, um, the uh, god, the one with Steve Carell and, and Sam Rockwell. Oh, um, the way, the way, way, back. way back. That was I really awesome. That. I love that one, yeah. too. So, for me, this is re really getting obscure, but and I may have mentioned it on this podcast before, I'm not sure. There's this movie with Juno Temple and Michael Sarah called Magic Magic. It's about this, no, and um, you, you, I don't think you've talked about. It's this about one. this this girl um, whose Juno Temple goes with her friend um, down to South America, and her friend basically leaves her with this group of people. She's like, "Oh, hey, I gotta go run off for a day. I'll be back. You just stay with them." And she's like, "No, no, I don't want to stay with them." Mm. And so she basically gets dumped in this situation where she doesn't really speak the language. These people are kind of hostile towards her. Um, Michael Sarah is this just really smarmy, sleazy, like trying to feel I don't believe all it. the time guy. And so basically he plays himself from <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. Which was another movie I thought was It's really like funny. a portrait and in a discomfort, but, and it's so well acted and it's so like good at ratcheting up tension and just making you feel icky about the situation. It's <laughs> just a sort of, 
beautiful study of that. So you should check it out, Magic Magic. I don't even know where it's available. I saw it on bl- on DVD, not even Blu-ray. I, well, then it's available in your office, and I'm going to come borrow it. <laughs> um, that, that. No, th- no, that's awesome. I, I can't think of, yeah, I... That's awesome to recommend something that I hadn't even heard of that. So I'm now well, really I mean, excited to check it out. You know, there are a lot of big popcorn flick movies, too. Like, I, I really liked Catching Fire. I liked it more than mm-hmm. the first Hunger Games. I liked Desolation of Smoke. I, I, I know there's there that one is kind of like Man of Steel, where the group of people that I saw it with, we all loved it. The next group that saw it all hated it, and now we're at the same friggin' loggerheads thing again That between Iron Man 3 and Man of Steel. Do you guys feel that almost like a microcosm of political America, is mm-hmm. it getting more and more polarizing, divisive, and kind of nasty, the, the the split between the people who like a movie and the people who I, don't? Now. I, I feel like it's getting more and more heated. I find that it's weird because I find that if it's a movie, yes. I find that if it's a movie that has a genre element to it, yes. Less so... If it, although no, you know what? It, I'm I think say it depends on the, the filmmaker. Like, look in the comments on my Wolf of Wall Street review. People are getting bent out of shape over a number of things, but but you know, I think you know maybe people have a sense of um, pro- uh, being kind of protective of a filmmaker. Like, I think they're like that with Nolan to a degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Interstellar Interstellar will be curious to see um, kind of if he if he's going to be scrutinized like the way he was with Dark Knight Rises of it being like a letdown to people or I find I find that that even a tempered response to a movie that people are really excited about still get you an FU not (laughs) just one so so many FUs um I find that is what really confuses me the most because and you know what Roth F you F you ballsy ballsy Um, I because this is like I feel like my reviews generally speaking I don't really I like I'm team reason you know what I mean I'm like these are the things that worked for me these are the things that I didn't love maybe you'll feel differently and I'm completely open to that discussion and yet that will still inspire some kind of vitriol sometimes and I don't understand it I think there's so much identity tied up into properties now, like whether it's a video game or even a video game console, which is ridiculous. But I yeah, even the party console to it, you know, stuff it's like is really yeah. I you know I identify with the console too, but it's like why do why why? Yeah, and I think now it society goes back to beta and VHS. <laughs> true, but I think society has actually created a situation where it loves. Like everything has to be a dialectic, now. right? Every yeah. everything has to be a complete contrast, or you know, there's not enough gray in the middle. It's like you're either black and white, you're Democrat or you're Republican, you're you know Christian or atheist, you're you know one thing or the other, and then there's no like sharing in the middle. It's like yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, lots it's, of anger, and movies are like that. Shut up, Comics Carl. Are like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but it, it's really true, and it is really disheartening because it's just like man, like I blame the emoticon actually. <laughs> I do a little bit because I feel like what happened is that people started to like textually interact rather than because you'll notice that you'll the same people that get into <laughs> I'm such a douchebag smiley face I'm being serious I'm being <laughs> serious I'm being serious <laughs> because in person you'll find the same people that are that are yelling online and and like out of control very often you can have 
a fine conversation with them about the same topic in person. I find that with friends of mine. Yeah. I see how they act online and I talk to them in person and you can have a reasoned discussion. And I think it's people started communicating textually. So they were like, well, in order to get my point across, I have to be even more um, yeah. assertive or use all caps or use faces. But, that, but that's up there with when you would get in an argument with a person, if they yell louder, they're somehow winning the argument, like yeah. when they, they try exactly to drown true. you out. I mean, it's, I th and it, yeah. I think that's the mentality right now. And I think, you know, people people could, you know, I, I think reduce the stress level of the world if you just are like, you know, it's not going to actually affect my enjoyment of Man of Steel if you like it or not. Yeah. It's nice that we're friends and we can, you know, talk about our mutual admiration for something. But if if it's not, like, we don't have to get mad at each other. Like, there's... Or maybe somebody... To, it doesn't have to be that tied to your How identity. much do they pay you to say that, Carl? <laughs> yeah. And then, but maybe also, too, the thing that kills me is, like, this is an opportunity. I feel like what we do is an opportunity to actually hear di different points of view. And, like, maybe you see something that I don't. Or maybe you have a perspective that I don't, you know. And maybe that's... I agree or I don't, but it's interesting to me. Like, my friend Amy wrote a piece about um, saving Mr. Banks that I thought was for the LA Times. LA Weekly? Either way. That was very interesting just about sort of like she had she had a bone to pick with it because of what she felt was a historical inaccuracy. I thought it was an interesting perspective. I liked the movie. So what? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why those two things can't exist yeah. at the same time. There's a yeah. lot of that, though. Like, I feel like full... Uh, you write something off fully for one little thing in it, you know, rather than saying, you know, I enjoyed much of this and then this one choice I disagreed with. You know, I think when you think critically about stuff, sometimes you, you know, one one big, one little thing will seem really big. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just gone out of control. Yeah, it, people it, uh, people are out of control, damn you it. Wanna you want to talk about something out of control? Yes. Anchorman 2. Oh, my God. So we've both yes. seen Anchorman 2. I have not, so. um, Our review is up on the site. <sighs> I don't know. Is Look, we're not going to talk about it in, in spoilers detail because it obviously it hasn't uh, come out yet. You can, I think, oh, actually, no, it has. You can go see uh, midnight showings of it, but... Um, I, I don't know. I wasn't nuts about it. it. It's moments of moments of hilarity, moments of good. A lot of moments, though, of just kind of lying there or just outright bad. Like the girl that that just lies there. So let's <laughs> let's let's say this. Ballsy that <laughs> Let's just say I'm again, people. Again. Where I want an actual accurate count of that a word. Horrible person. Okay, so this is the thing about that movie. There, it's it falls into some of the traps of the comedy sequel, where it repeats a lot of the setups of the first movie and then just does minor twists on them in the way that The Hangover did. But this or is much amps it up or amps it up to a ridiculous degree. degree. Yeah. But this one is actually this is much funnier than The Hangover Two. Much. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, does anyone else remember that Hangover 3 actually came out just a few months ago? See, no really. one remembers. Nobody remembers no, that. Okay. <laughs> it should never have been made as well. <laughs> but there are certain things that you could you sense that they were forcing into the film, things that should have hit the cutting room floor, and you felt like they left it in there because they felt almost obliged. Like there's an entire brick 
through line that just simply does not work and yeah. should have been lifted and the film would have been stronger if you just cut it out. But they left it and I feel like because Steve Carell's a big star, because Brick was such a standout in the first film, that you could tell they sort of felt obligated to make room for Brick. Even though his storyline, his side story, was just wasn't working. It was a one of the least funny parts of the movie. Now mm. having said that, there are moments of absolute brilliance in this movie. Yeah, It's just all over the place. I would love it if filmmakers had the confidence to just say, you know what? I'm not listening to that. I This is what I want to do. And I know it's going to make this thing stronger. And if you're my friend, whatever. If you're, you know, like, it should always be about the work. It never, yeah. It's not always. I think, they, I think they thought that it was working. And when you watch it, it reminds me of, of you know, like uh, those compilation, um, like those sets of like the best of Will Ferrell from Saturday Night Live <laughs> yeah. and they just stitch together all the skits. That's what it felt like at times. A lot of times it felt like, but having said that, those sketches, some of them were hilarious yeah. and I would watch them again and again and again and there is a segment of the story, like what the film is about that is actually touching on very real things in our world in terms mm. of the 24-hour news cycle, almost to a depressing degree in some moments. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird because it's like, it's really funny. I can't say that you won't enjoy it. It's just, it's just such a mess. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really, um, it's just, it's, it's all over the place, and and it's a little, it's a little too long too. Yeah. I mean, I know people get tired of that complaint, but it drags at a few points, and I'm like, I, I love the original. Um, I know there are some people that just don't get the appeal of the original, like yeah. Eric Goldman doesn't like it, and but he I, yeah, no. Um, I, I just, I just felt like it. It less would have been a whole lot more with this movie. I love the original, and I was saying this to you the other day that I watched that movie, the hour and a half movie. What's it called that they made of the outtakes? Yeah. Wake up, Ron Burgundy. Oh. Wake up, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, not so good. And it's funny because you see exactly why they pulled all of this out and how much stronger the the final movie is with all of that pulled out. This to me feels like they left that all in. Mm -hmm, you know yeah. what I mean? Where they are funny little bits in there, but they just don't work in the totality of the movie. Yeah. There are amazingly funny moments in this movie, though, you guys. Yeah. I was howling in moments. Yeah, I mean, there, when it when it works, it works great. But there are enough moments of it not working that you're that I felt disappointed ultimately. Bad I Grandpa funniest movie of the year? I had so far. Uh, Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, Street, actually. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and so her are both hilarious. Yeah. But her is more of a dramedy. Wolf of Wall Street, I thought was, I, I laughed more in Wolf of Wall Street than I did Anchorman too. This is the thing too, because I feel like I was just rattling off movies I liked without saying why I liked them. But Wolf of Wall Street, I think with Leo, this will be interesting to see how Academy responds to it. This is his... This is his che a scenery chewing movie. This is mm. Leo being funny, which we've never really seen him do yeah. before. Yeah, called for a bunch of times. Um, we, and he we, actually is legitimately he is really funny. Legitimately funny. funny. He is big. He is chewing. He does physical comedy bits too at yeah. a few points. Yeah, you know? he's oh a great physical comedy bit. But this is this is where you really see what a good actor he is. At no moment does it feel like a caricature. At no yeah. moment does this feel like a sketch. This is fully a character. It's just he is a larger than life, mm. eating the universe kind of a guy. <laughs> um, which is this what is like the movie that I uh, I think a lot of people 
had hoped that Bonfire the Vanities would have been. Absolutely, yeah. You know, like it's exactly that. It captures that the the excess the of that time. Of the universe stuff, yeah. And it captures the excess and the greed. And, I mean, it's the funny thing is uh, the the movie's getting labeled as a movie about the eighties. It's only it's set in the briefly. 90s. In the, it's mostly a nineties movie. Well, maybe more of the excess of that culture of but the, the 90s, Wall Street broker. Nineties though too. I mean, we had boom at one point in the nineties, and and there it was. There was definitely, I mean, the 90s was very much a tabloid-esque decade. Yeah, it was. You know? You know, the other thing, too, is that I reviewed American Hustle, which I was saying is very Scorsese-esque, but I think purposely, because these are about small-time con artists Mm. trying to be something bigger and grander than they are. Yeah. So it's like the movie kind of reflects that by imitating kind of Goodfellas and Scorsese. Yeah, everyone's trying to be something that they're, that they're they're not. And I think people like us would get that. I think others... If they think it's a ripoff, I don't know if they would necessarily catch that. I think a lot of people just think it's cool. You know? I think it's a purposeful ripoff, and then but and then there's a cameo in there that sort of lets you know, like, remember, yeah, it's a huge wink. It's a huge wink, like, remember, these aren't actually the big guys. Here's the real big guy. These are the yeah. guys that are trying to be pretend to be the big guys. Anyway, it's actually kind of brilliant even right in that down way. to like Bale's performance yeah. at times. He, you know, but ghost. Uh, but American Wolf of Hustle Wall Street is the big guys. Oh yeah. Uh, well, American Hustle expands into 2,500 cinemas this weekend. Saving Mr. Banks expands into 2,200 screens. Her is going to be on six, six screens, but uh, <laughs> if it's playing your town, go see it. And then Inside Lewin Davis expands, um, opening up this weekend. Uh, Walking with Dinosaurs on 3,200 screens, and then Anchorman 2 on almost 3,500 screens. So, uh, And then we also still have Hobbit and Frozen out there. So I think Anchorman 2, based on projections, I'm going to say it's going to open at 40, 46. And then I think Hobbit will be second place with like 42. And then American Hustle... Um, I'd say probably third place with 16, and then Mr. Banks, like, fourth place, 14. I think you're going to get uh, a little 43 action for Anchorman. Um, I think Hobbit's going to do 40. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, American Hustle and Mr. Banks after that. I think Anchorman will do 45, splitting the difference. Okay. Um, I think the Hobbit's going to drop even more to like thirty three, thirty four. Wow. Okay. Um, I think. Do you th- still I'm think it'll be a uh, second place? Second place, yeah. So you I said thirty four. Yeah, around there. Okay. I think it's going to be between between American Hustle and I think Frozen's going to hold on pretty well this mm. weekend. I think it w- it's going to be basically thirteen or fourteen for both of those. <laughs> like. Yeah, th- I think it's going to be a real neck and neck yeah. thing between them. I, I I think I'm giving American Hustle the edge just because of. The cast, I think, uh, Saving Mr. Banks might be skewing a little older. I think it'll get about 10. Yeah, I mean, I hope it does well. It didn't do well in England when it opened up. It could up. do well at Christmas. It could be a I good family so. it's movie. A really good, it's a really good movie. It would be a shame if it, if it didn't find an audience because it's very heartfelt, very moving, funny at times. Yeah. You know? Um, uh and the I actors cried. are great. Colin Farrell's really good in there. I almost cried. My boyfriend was with me, and I thought he, I didn't want to be judged by crying, so I didn't <laughs> cry. But I did tear up, and I felt. I just let. Oh him fly wait a minute! Wait I a cried minute! Cried at Man <laughs> of Steel. I'll Walking with Dinosaurs, thirty-two. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that'll be like nine million. Yeah, 10 million. I, I don't see that making. It's weird. That one just looks odd to me. Yeah. I will say this, you guys, for for real. Let's get real here for a minute. 
because we're keeping we're it real. We're keeping it real. Ballsy move. I know it's only yeah. in six theaters, but if if it's playing near you, I really think you should go see her. If you like Spike Jones, if you liked, but also the tone feels it's similar. It's Phoenix. It's Amy yeah. Adams. It's Chris Pratt, the voice of Scarlett Johansson, yes. who's fantastic. Fantastic. I will say this: like, if you, it feels similar to his ex in tone, a little bit similar to his ex-wife's movie, um, Lost, Lost in, in Translation. Translation, but it has more life than uh, it has more humor than that. Mm. Um, although I like Lost in oh, Translation. Oh, you know a bit. what else? You guys should go see when it opens up. Uh, um, next week, ooh, in limited ooh. release. Flavors of, of Eternal Sunshine of the Sun- Spotless Mind. I'm done. Go okay. see it. <laughs> uh, Lone Survivor. I saw it last night. It's Peter Berg who did Battleship, yes, but he also did Friday The Night Rundown, Lights. Friday Night Lights. It's Can't a cough. great movie. It's a true story about, um, I remember this in the news, uh, these four Navy SEALs that basically got compromised in a mission, got surrounded by Taliban and as the title would suggest, only one of them survived. And it's basically their their fight for survival. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a Rising really, really intense rise. movie. Uh, fi- like, physically intense. Like, there are scenes of them falling down these rocky hillsides that are just, God, you can feel your bones breaking, you know? Um, and just... I don't know that I want to see that. Ben, <laughs> ben Foster is great in there. Mark Wahlberg. I'm going Taylor to see it Kitsch in an hour. is really kick-ass in the movie. Uh, Emile Hirsch plays the other seal. Uh, there's four of them. Eric Bana is showing up there and I, uh, as like kind of a commander. And it's interesting because I, with him, he brings that Black Hawk down... Um, uh, memory, you know, so it's kind of it kind of works for that. But, but that's uh, not opening this weekend. It opens up next week, and since yeah. we're we're not going oh, yeah, to be podcasting, so you guys should go so check th- that out. So these are your assignment, guys. If you if you are on Team Jero, you will go see her. If you like <laughs> Spike Jones, if you like being John Malkovich, you will go see her. And if you're on, I don't know, I might like this movie too. I'm going to see it tonight, Lone yeah. Survivor. And if you're on Team oh. Chris, you'll go see. Frozen, I guess, Frozen, again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would s- also say You'll go see um, Saving Mr. Banks and American Hustle. Chris Chris instructs you to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Stay <laughs> home and be with your loved Stay ones. Stay home <laughs> and be with your loved ones. Don't leave your home. Oh, and then okay. opening Christmas Day, Wolf of Wall Street. And yes. I definitely go see that one. But uh, and tweet at us. Let us know what you thought of all of the above. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. That's your that's your over the holiday and New Year break. Uh, Give you homework. We did. That's right. That's right. We kept it real. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening to us uh, this whole past year. And that's just been this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> make a ballsy move this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Go see some <laughs> movies. Um, and uh, sorry, I couldn't get to read your email, but this was a particularly lengthy. Uh, podcast, but um, give us a shout out at keeping it real at ign.com. New Year's resolution to start reading more reader email. Um, and, and we want uh, to apologize a, oh, for being horrible people. Yes, in our <laughs> filthy, filthy <laughs> mouths and minds. But uh, thank you uh, for listening to this podcast all year. And, um, you know, y'all have a great uh, rest of the year, a happy new year, and we'll talk to you in 2014. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.